Hey everybody, how's it going? Today we have another Project Egg interview and we are talking with Tim O'Keefe from Hawthorne, California. How you doing, Tim? How are you? Good, good. Thank you so much. I appreciate your time. So let's jump right into this thing. Tim, what is your story? Well, <clears throat> uh, you said I'm from Hawthorne, California. That's where I started. Uh about 50 years ago, but I now am down the road a little bit in Torrance, California. I've been in the South Bay most of my life, but uh, I just wanted to be clear on that so my friends who listen <laughs> don't scratch their head. But uh, I'm, I'm doing good. I, my uh, A quick uh, story on how I guess I got from there to here is uh, I grew up like a lot of kids, South Bay, the Beach Boys literally in Hawthorne. Uh, were about a block and a half away from me. I uh, fell in love with surfing, got athletic, got into football, and uh, uh, became a college football player, which a lot of times blows people away unless they see me. They always think of me of this wiry, you know, propeller head, internet uh, geek. Uh, and uh, so I did the football thing, played college football, ended up uh, uh, discovering the internet internet marketing after uh, a few years uh, in different ventures, uh, a lot of it in, in real estate sales right out of college and um, discovered the internet, I guess around 97, 98 is, is when I really went whole hog. And I asked a buddy of mine who was from the same, same background as me, uh, which is sales and marketing about what he was doing on this internet thing and developing HTML websites. What's HTML and what's all this? And so I ended up, at the time I was a recruiter, which I probably still would be. Uh, it's a great industry. But uh, I kind of fell in love with the net and, and sort of dreaming of, of big marketing ideas. And so my buddy... Uh, kind of showed me how to make a website, and I made a really poor, ugly website for my boss. But it was kind of cool, and it worked. And in those days, it was kind of kind of unique and novel and special. And then I started learning from my buddy again how to make it rank in the search engines. And these are in engines called Alta Vista and InfoSeek, and those kind of uh, sites that we first learned to do searches on. And, uh, and then all of a sudden one day, uh, after I was getting pretty good at this stuff, he calls me up and he says, Hey man, uh, I've recommended you take over the work that I'm doing. And I'm like, Oh really? That's cool. I was all excited and, and <clears throat> didn't really realize the amount of work I was committing myself to. And I said, why are you giving up? And he goes, I, I, I've been hired to go take over a management of the sales force and I got an offer I couldn't refuse as they say. And so he gave me the, the deal. And so by day I was a, uh, a headhunter and by night I started really going hog wild on the internet. And it was kind of cool because it was an, a website that specialized in, in sports and mostly, uh, mostly football and basketball. Of course, I, as I said, my background was football, so I was very, very 
interested in it, and I increased their revenues uh, just based on my my marketing ability, and uh, and then also their their traffic because of the SEO stuff, and um, it kind of blossomed from there. And uh, I I, uh, I got heavily involved in the in the real estate side of SEO back in the beginning of 2000, and then. <clears throat> one to always be on the on the cutting edge and in front of trends i was one of the the biggest bloggers in real in the real estate industry at one point and then of course the uh, the bottom fell out of real estate in 07 so i made a uh, decision to not just only specialize in real estate for my agency but to uh, to take on other industries and at about the same time, you'll recall, that's when social media really started blossoming and Twitter and Facebook. And now there's 18 million others that, that come on board every other minute, it seems like. But, uh, but that's how I got from, for really from, from there to, to here. And uh, it allowed me uh, over the years, over this is the first year that I have not been a coach of football. And for 13 years, I served a uh, organization down the street in El Segundo where I coached uh, kids, my own kids, but other kids uh, also and, and uh, mentored them and, and allowed me to, to, to have the lifestyle to be able to uh, do that thing, which is, which is my passion. Wow. So that's I guess that's that's a mouthful, but I, that's <laughs> wow. That's my life in one minute or whatever it was. <laughs> that's great, Tim. That's great. So you know, I kind of want to I kind of want to talk a little bit uh, about your past some more because I think there's a lot of uh, you know a lot of a lot of good things that that you said. So you said you, you kind of started off uh, falling in love with surfing and, and football, and you played in college. Well, how do you think that that those passions and the things that you learned in in that area uh, rolled over to your success as an entrepreneur and internet marketer? Well, that's a great question because, uh, in fact, I just put a Facebook post out the other day. A, a belief that I got from coaching is, and, and it started from playing, was that your effort can expand your capability we we're born with certain talent right i'm i'm about six little over six foot but as my friends used to make fun of me i'm all torso i have short legs doesn't make for a, a super fast guy but i work through it and as an athlete I had to work on on expanding my my stride to increase my speed, uh, and how else can I expand my my, uh, my my abilities? Well, I could get in the weight room. You know, at six foot, I'm going to be shorter than the guy in college that I'm playing against who's six five, three hundred, and runs a a four eight forty. Right? I've, I'm at a disadvantage unless I'm just as strong as him and actually use my my uh, my, my height as an advantage in leverage. And so it's the same thing in, in marketing, you know, there's, there's certain things that our competitors have that are advantages. There's a lot of, uh, people that, you know, maybe say a local doctor in, in town and they're just trying to get 
everybody in town, whereas they're up against one of these national chains that have a, a an outlet in every single town, and they have big national budgets. How do you, how do you how do you go against them? And 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 part of the thing that you have to do is look at your your advantages of actually being a local company, right? And what are the advantages there, and what are the what are the disadvantages, and and learning how to to leverage those against that competitor as well as your other competitors. Uh, and and as you know, as an entrepreneur, and, and I'm sure a lot of your listeners know, uh, we're faced with adversities that come at us all the time on a daily basis because we don't get a paycheck unless you know we go to work uh, especially those of us out there with that are one ar- one man armies um, and and so we have to show up and you know it's hard to show up when you just found out whatever you know the dog died or <laughs> you know or, or or some sort of adversity crossed your path or you get in a tiff with the girlfriend or the wife or whatever and your mindset's a little messed up, but you know what, as an athlete, uh, when you, as I taught, I said to the kids, I'd say, you know, when you touch, when your feet touch the green, there's no other world, but this block out everything else. It doesn't matter. All you have right now is right now. And I think that's a great philosophy to take into and generalize into the rest of our of our lives and especially in business when, you know, that we're, we're getting hammered all the time. We're, we're, we want to get that giant deal that could really get us to the next level of our business. And all of a sudden we find out we, we lost it to whatever. And maybe it was a stupid reason. Maybe you never really figured out what the reason was, but just didn't go our way. Well, as an athlete, you realize, and as I used to teach my kids, and hopefully, I think most of them to this day, three years later, since the last uh, time I coached, uh, I asked them, you know, what's the most important play? You know, how many plays in a game? There's 60. What's the most important play? It better be out of their mouths, this one, because the only one that matters is right now. Same thing in our business. I don't, I can't replay the fight with my girlfriend while I'm working. I'm not, I'm not present to the game I'm in. And it's the same thing in, in, uh, throughout the day. So those are some of the ideas I think that, that athleticism, uh, and competing more importantly, uh, adds to a, uh, athletes, uh, I'm sorry, to a, an entrepreneur's, uh, life. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I think besides besides that, um, you know, not to not to downplay it, I, I think everything you said is, is extremely important. You know, you have to have that drive. You have to be competitive. You have to you have to leave it all on the field, and and you can't be bogged down by what happened in the past. But I also think that there's something to be said about teamwork. And you know, I mean, being a being a coach, playing football. I mean, you you know how important teamwork is. Could could you maybe touch on on how important building a team and, and being able to, to work with people, how important that is in entrepreneurship too? Um, that's a great question. And, you know, shame on me for not bringing up teamwork uh, because I, I think, I think it's 
probably in the corporate and business world, one of the most uh, misunderstood words. And to me, it's a holy word. I mean, there's certain things that I look back on and some people might think it's very silly, but I use that word holy uh, to give reverence to certain aspects of sport. And so jump forward uh, several years and in between, I didn't mention this before, but I was in an outside sales company and uh, I would cringe when they would call the sales team a team because it was nothing like it, a, a team. I, there, you know, when one guy is, is uh, uh, trying to get into my territory and, and, you know, talking to people and trying to pilfer my my leads, and uh, you know, it's just you know the kind of stuff that can go on in a in a doggy dog kind of sales team, so to speak. So I think teamwork is very important, and it, it can work, but I I think it's it's misaligned and misused too often. Uh, to me, teamwork. Uh, and, and, and teamwork within a football uh, scenario <clears throat> is something probably that most people don't get to really experience. Uh, certainly in the military, those guys and football is compared to the military all the time, which I, I don't think is is right because nobody's taking their lives into their hands when they play football. Uh, but the the parallel is is that you watch out for one another. I spent the morning uh, calling old teammates from college to check in on a on a, another teammate who needs some support right now. Okay, that's whatever many years later. That's thirty years later. That's teamwork, right? That's that's connection that lasts a lifetime. And uh, it's probably because of sweat and blood and toil. It, you're, when you have 11 guys on a football field at the same time, and everyone is, is expecting e you know, each one to give their very best effort, their very best effort that they can in order to get just that one play done. Uh, is extraordinary that 11 individuals could come together to do that kind of thing uh, at often at the cost of pain and, you know, and anguish and whatnot that can happen in, in, a, in a football scenario. Now to try to put that into a business scenario, I think we can look at things that go on within uh, a, a football aspects or, or certainly uh, there's plenty uh, leadership and, and these kind of things, uh, teamwork, uh, articles and books written uh, that have come out of the military that have been used to uh, translate that into the corporate and, and business world. But I still think it's difficult and, and we have to do a little bit of, of realizing the, the realities of, of a business situation, uh, everybody's acting in their own economic interests, right? That's economics 101. And we, we tend to forget that 
So we need to, I think, and, and, you know, I'd like your opinion because I, I, I don't know another answer, but I think you have to look at each single person's in, on that team in a business at their own personal uh, economic need and, and, and desires almost first before anything else in order to uh, establish any kind of team. Now, right, right. right. And, and parallel to that is, and, and I, 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 I'm going into an area that I really don't have a lot of experience in, in a business situation of running a huge team. I do have experience when I was in the league, I, I was the president of the league. So I, you know, I had to deal with a lot of people, but I, I think with dealing with anybody, and in dealing with the team as a coach, the closer I know their individual values and criteria for what they want to get out of the experience will give me better ideas on how I could help serve them to serve me uh, and the, or to serve the outcome of the, of the organization, better put. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, and and I kind of I kind of want to touch on um, real quick what, what you were saying about putting the needs of your team, uh, the individual needs before the needs of the of the organization organization itself. There's this book uh, that you may have read, and that if if any of the listeners have not read, I would absolutely encourage you to read, called "Good to Great" by Jim Collins. Yeah, and in this book, uh, Jim says that first who, then what, right? So in any organization, you first need to identify the people who you want to have on your team, and then you decide exactly what you're, what you're going to do. So, so to your point, you absolutely have to take into consideration the needs of the people on your team because if you can align the needs of the people on your team with the benefits of being a part of the organization, then it's in their best interest to excel and and to perform for the organization, right? So, so um, you know, for for the football team, for example, whenever each of the players plays to their best and and they give their maximum effort, not only is the whole team going to be better, but they are also going to get recruited by, you know, professional scouts. They're going to get accolades for winning a certain amount of games on the team and you know, they might win the championship and all of that helps to further their own personal interests. So, to your point, I absolutely think that they have to be aligned. Yeah, and 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 again, um we're we're starting we're kind of starting from two different places whereas <coughs> excuse me, the the, the business situation, the economic situation is one of uh, adulthood, right? Uh, and why, well, it's one of adulthood. So I'm, I'm coming in wanting a paycheck uh, and hopefully everything else beyond the dollars help stack my values in the right direction. Whereas 
I think the proposition, it gets simpler and simpler as someone is younger. And, you know, so the, the young kid, I can tell you when he's eight or nine years old, it, almost every single kid there is not there of their own volition. Even they're there because their parents put them there. <laughs> uh, so that's a different motivation. Uh, the kid who's there in the sixth, seventh, eighth grade tend to be there because they want to be there, but they're being there not to get a paycheck. They're being there to fill in, you know, a couple hours each week of their time uh, in play. Uh, it's, it's, uh, I think, a, a, a different motivation. And so it's a motivation nonetheless, so that when you get on onto what you're saying with Collins and and just the whole uh, the whole idea of the individual person is to is to find out what moves them because a dollar is a dollar. I mean, at some point, I mean, there's people that work their their butts off for you know forty thousand dollars a year. There's people that work you know even less for one hundred and fifty thousand or three hundred thousand dollars a year. Uh, or, you know, so what's the difference in their motivations and, and, and why they're doing that? You know, maybe the person at 40 uh, is working part time as a teacher and, and it's a vocation, you know, and, and they're, they're, they really feel called to do that and don't really care about the money. Uh, everybody works on different motivations. And so, uh, I think I think we got to find the similarities in everybody's motivations and tie them all together uh, in order to form a team. Now, when you're doing a teamwork in football, or, or I, I imagine in any sport, you're going to be doing things that that coalesce the team uh, beyond the the obvious things, and and a lot of times that's by causing competition. Pete Carroll at uh, when he was at USC, I'm sure he probably does it to this day, but he would he would create uh, scenarios within his uh, within his his team where the whole practice was a competition. So every single drill within practice was somehow scored and and had meaning compared to even different positions so that when they went in after practice, they can look on the board and see how they scored against the rest of the team. And so through that competition, he was able to, to coalesce and bring his, his team together through competition. We could do that in the corporate world, right? We can uh, kind of do the game, game thing and cause uh that was my phone ringing a second ago i'm going to turn it off so it doesn't disrupt us uh we could cause uh maybe the words gamification within our own groups to cause uh to cause a a a a, a win for them either psychologically or economically to perform better Right. But, and and uh, to your I, to your point, ahead. to your point, sometimes that comes in the form of different sales goals. You know, you have competition among among salespeople 
and right. you know sometimes it could be it could be any number of things but like you said it's important to find what makes each person tick and and figure out exactly what they need to be motivated and and give them that and give them that in large quantities so they can be as motivated as possible so you know i'd like to i'd like to take this moment to jump a little bit more into your history um so you you, you kind of started off uh, on in the football scene in the in the athletic scene, and you said you st- once you graduated, you kind of took a step more into the internet marketing and real estate uh, area. Could you maybe give some insight on how how you got into that field of internet marketing uh, and and where the real estate kind of plays a part in that? Well, the interest in real estate came because uh, I used to be a realtor. Right out of college, I jumped into uh, real estate sales and um, and then jumped maybe, I don't know, a decade later or less after a divorce and uh, whatnot. Uh, I had struggled with different things and then ended up inside of the, uh, the recruiting business, which is where I, I first started doing internet marketing and, and building sites. I then jumped into, uh, had the opportunity to take over the sports site. So I was a webmaster slash marketer for them. It was basically do whatever I needed to do to help them make more money. So, you know, I learned, I did everything. And then, uh, Somewhere along the line, I'm uh, sitting down for lunch with my ex-real estate partner, and he presents me with an idea to build, uh, let's build a flat fee service real estate site, site, which uh, is kind of putting the, uh, the commission model of real estate, kind of smashing it and just for a fee, you can you know sell a house, which has been tried now since then over and over again, and with different levels of success. Um, but we were one of the first sites out to to actually offer that at one time. Uh, I don't know. I think we got 103,000 visits a month before the we started getting a lot of competition and nefarious acts against our site. If, if <laughs> And I'll leave it at that. But uh, I think I think we got a little bit hammered by the competition on different dirty aspects. But uh, it was a great lesson, and and that's how I I, I got into the real estate uh, as a niche. And uh, I started going to a mastermind of realtors, and I was invite invited uh, for, forever. I had a forever invite as a vendor to be at their quarterly event this is about the year 2000 2001 uh to talk about marketing and add to add to uh to whatever it was they were talking about at the time and so i got i started getting business from there and it just blossomed that's incredible that's incredible incredible. so um you know now now you're uh you know, we talked a little bit about your about your past and and you know kind of how you got to to where you are, uh, but could you give a little bit of insight on exactly what you're doing today and and how you know how it <coughs> kind of came together to to 
what you're doing today. Well, yeah. Uh, one of the things that I guess I've been pretty good at, and pretty bad at, depending on uh, the perspective, maybe. But um, one of the things that over the years that I have been reluctant to do is to go full speed into any platform that's on the net. Uh, as an example, uh, I was probably, and this is still back in the real estate, uh, you know, specific days. I, I was probably the first, uh, as I said, I was one of the first guys in blogging and I was probably one of the first guys, uh, on WordPress, as an example, and as the industry, real estate is an interesting industry that a lot of the, the people are uh, first to try anything because it's such a competitive industry. So it's, uh, it's pretty dynamic. I mean, there's always something new, some new idea that's put out there. And so it really kind of forces one to learn to say no or to just take it with a grain of salt. And all of a sudden, the industry realized that, oh, well, SEO, right, in the beginning. Well, first, you got to have a website. And so there was a buzz around that. And then SEO, what's this thing that makes you get in the engine? SEO. So it was real easy for me because I was positioned and have the word SEO attached to my business. Uh, oh, call this guy. And I, it was, was really a great place to be in. And then, uh, and then blogging came along and WordPress. And a lot of rumor was that, oh, well, just get on WordPress and you'll, you'll be optimized. You don't need an SEO guy. Right. And, um, and that's one of the, the, Funny things in, uh, that I talk about all the time. There's always in, in SEO and technical, there's always a half truth and there's always a truth, it seems like, that's that's pushed. And, and so, yeah, you're kind of optimized, but that's not all of it. And so a lot of the guys that were pushing it within the industry, uh, I, I realized I'm, I'm just going to stay away from that. I didn't swallow the the Kool-Aid, as it were. Um, but there was a large group within the real estate industry that was what was called the Renet. They were WordPress enthusiasts. And and, uh, and I just kind of stayed away from that. I, As a guy who really loves team, I really wasn't willing to jump on, you know, that team. And I've, I've been reluctant over the years to, to jump into just anything because it's the, the flavor of the day. Not that WordPress is or was the flavor of the day. It's it's for the reasons it was the flavor of the day, and um, and so with technology, it it comes and goes. I mean, stuff today that's amazing in technology will not be a big deal tomorrow. You know, watching a uh, as an example, I just read today that San Francisco starting out with they called it in the headline headless drivers in San Francisco uh, in, for Uber. Well, 
that's a huge deal when you first see that. But you know what? Our kids won't think so. Uh, in fact, we won't think so either in probably another few years. Uh, so technology moves so fast that, that we have to not take it, I guess, with a grain of sand, but to to realize how's it fit, you know, and is it even useful? Is it is it relevant? Is it relevant right now? How can I use this? Uh, you mentioned earlier uh, with your your Facebook advertising that you do. You know, uh, it, it makes a lot of sense for a, a company to do that. It really does, more so than ever. You know, maybe four, four years ago, I don't think I would have said that. Three years ago, I don't know that I would have said that. Today, you better be, right? You better be advertising on Facebook. So it's it all fits. Now, what am I doing today that's that's let's say different than three years ago with SEO. What I'm doing is, is I'm creating a, a, a content funnel and doing their SEO making, I mean, I'm sorry, doing, allowing clients to do social media much easier than, than what they're doing and doing it in a way that's, uh, comprehensive and and in line and in sync with what they're doing at home base which usually is their their website and all the while making it so that it helps their SEO so they're able to do social media and SEO when in fact most companies are probably doing all of the above poorly so right, right. that's uh, a little kind of tease on on what we're doing differently today and and that's so i really like how you know despite the fact that there have been all these different things that you that you could have jumped into um and that you may have dabbled in a a little bit that you've really stuck true to the seo um and and you've been doing that for a number of years and and you've kind of seen the rise of it and um how it has remained important um, as well and so you know I really do think that there is something to be said about about sticking with something long enough until you're you're an expert at it until you master it um, so so we talked a little about a little bit about your past uh, we, we talked about what you're doing now um, you know how you're you're an SEO expert um, and how you're you're kind of coming at it from a creative game changing type um, type deal? What does the future hold for Tim? Okay, what what do you think is the biggest thing that you are going to accomplish, or that you you have to accomplish in your lifetime? That's a good question. Um, I'm working on, on a couple projects right now, and the one that's getting <clears throat> in the middle of it, that is a big question mark. And I, uh, actually, I talked to a friend of mine to counsel me on it. And I'm in the middle of doing a lot of, uh, calling to, of my old friends to get counseling is I'm thinking about coaching again. And, uh, my business when I'm coaching looks very different. It's kind of looks like it does right now. Uh, and it has for the last, you know, 10 or 13 years. 
but if I don't coach again, then my business looks different. I've, I've got to scale way up and, uh, and, and do some things that will, uh, allow it to, uh, to, to be more robust than it is right now. It serves me uh, very well as a lifestyle business. I work from home, uh, and, uh, and so the future it really depends on, on my choices if I get back into coaching. Another project that I have that has very much to do with uh, my coaching is I, I podcast also, not only on SEO stuff and interesting people like you do, but I also am doing an interesting project on, uh, on football thought leaders. and. Uh, for instance, I now that the season is kind of winding down, I have a, a number of my coaching friends that have promised me um, some time, and I definitely want to talk to them because they're actually in the business of coaching. But one of the things that I'm doing very uniquely is I have brought in, uh, and it's one of the things that I, I didn't tell you yet that's a big interest of, of mine, is uh, the, the field of well, I guess I did. I mentioned I mentioned neuromarketing. I think I did. And where uh, you get that word from really is from NLP, neuro linguistic programming, and uh, hypnosis, which a lot of people think are you know kind of woo woo kind of things. But uh, it's I can tell you that that Pete Carroll uses uh, a sports psychologist on staff of. Seattle uh, Seahawks. I know a lot of guys do. And so what I'm doing in my little project is I'm bringing people in that really aren't necessarily specialists in sports, but they are specialists in making people's minds work more effective. And then I ask them in context, in a context that's different than their normal wheelhouse. Uh, but it still works in that context. So I'm interviewing them on various aspects of, let's just call it sports psychology. Now, the interesting thing with that uh, is, is any of these things in my interviews translates to business. And when I talk to people, I'll say, hey, check out my podcast. It's especially the sport one on, you know, when I talk to Jonathan Altfeld or, or uh, Mark Ryan or Dave Barron, uh, et cetera, et cetera, because they talked about this, this, and this, and, you know, boy, talk about, you know, helping out your employees or helping out a client or whatever. They give that how to do that. It's just in a different little bit of a different context having to do, you know, with, with sports. So what I'll do with that is my goal is to, is to get enough uh, material from these kind of guys in, in the actual inside the context of football and outside the context of football. And uh, we're about to start transcribing these podcasts and we'll continue mm -hmm. to. And then we'll end up uh, editing. I'll hand the, them back to the interviewee, editing it, and then getting it ready for a book. And then seeing what we could do from there to take it and, and spread the gospel as it were, uh, into, uh, into different realms within sports and business. 
what that gospel is, is my view on coaching. Uh, and it's just using a lot of different people to help me build it because they were mentors of mine in various ways. Uh, so that's a big part of, of the, uh, of, of the goal, uh, for Tim, for me, as well as, uh, with the podcasts I'm doing right now, uh, on, and they're not interviews. They're just me talking about various SEO aspects or social media aspects. I'll be doing the same thing there. I'll be transcribing them and then seeing how I can repurpose those to use as ways to build uh, more credibility. And, and as they say, the best, the best business cards, a book, right? So you want instant credibility and a book to somebody, uh, get published. So those, those are, you know, I don't know if those are could be called super long-term goals, but they're definitely, uh, you know, they're not, happening right now but they they will soon absolutely absolutely and um you know i do think that those are are awesome goals you know by the way i I very much look forward to reading those books and um to listening to your podcast from now on um so so you know i I still kind of want to get to that that one big thing uh for for you tim so so i guess i want to rephrase my question to what is your purpose? Uh, that's a great question. Great question also for, uh, you know, I was talking about NLP a second ago. It's, it's uh, You're getting into that kind of stuff when they start asking about values. And it's a great question when you're, you're uh, wanting to get to know your, your team, right? I mean, it might be difficult when I'm dealing with a nine-year-old to ask them, what is your purpose? Uh, but you can ask them, you know, you could ask them these kind of questions and where you're going with me. My, my purpose, and, and this is why I'm, 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 I'm being pulled uh, to coach again, is my purpose is to affect people in ways that can help them uh, get through what I see as more and more complicated times. Uh, I want, and I try to, when I'm on Facebook or on social media, I try to, you know, talk about things and, and, and understandings and, and, and I definitely have my point of view, but I also am trying to get people to, to understand things maybe in new ways. And I, and there's no other better way that I know that I can affect a giant group of people than as a coach. And is why I'm I'm thinking of doing this again and seriously considering it, and and why I'm as a marketer I'm not your you know nonstop twenty four seven promoter. I'm I'm trying to uh, to help people and and you kind of talked about that before we got on. Let's make you know how can we make it better for for people to and, and to understand so that they can. Not, you know, my, my view anyway, I'm not going to put words in your mouth, but my view anyway is, is I don't want, I don't want somebody to get hooked on my crack. You know, that's what a lot of the today's marketers are doing. Let me, we're going to give you just enough. Now you're going to get hooked on, on the personality, on the, the cult of personality, the whole, the whole thing. 
and <clears throat> you're going to now have to, you know, spend money over and over and over again, as opposed to when I work with clients, I'm trying to help them, even in my SEO clients. You know, if I, I, my worst scenario is when I'm not dialoguing with a client where we're, you know, because I want my client, uh, I had a conversation yesterday with a doctor uh, and he said, should I start this blog? I have this URL. Should I start it? And I, and I went through 20 minutes of explaining to him some other activities that I'd like to him, if he's going to do stuff on his own, I'd like to see him do that would help uh, augment and uh, expand the results of, of what I'm doing already. And so I don't mind trying to teach him, you know, some some tricks of the trade to to get better because when he gets in and he won't he, he is so tied into me because I every time we talk he's learning something and and so I think uh, that you know and for me that's gratifying you know I think the world will be gets better that way instead of just us extrapolating money and then going on to the next guy to extrapolate money from and so when I could get people to learn how to help themselves, you know, not necessarily to get rid of me, but to augment, to add to what it is that, that I'm doing for them to make it even better. Um, that I get off on that. So my purpose is, is, is really, am, I am a coach, you know, whether it be coaching with a hat and a whistle or as we're doing right now, I'm trying to get through to people listening that, you you can do better maybe you you can think of a little bit different after you and i get off off the phone today maybe the listeners will think just a little differently than chasing you know the, one of the things and we've all done it chasing shiny objects from the marketers that are out there and actually build a business build a, a business plan a strategy tactics that'll that'll get us to where we want to go and uh, and hopefully you know, after today, we've had a little bit to do with that. Absolutely. And, and, you know, what we were talking about before, uh, is, is how, you know, anything that we can do to provide value to people and to, to help anybody is, is a good reason to do this. Um, and so, you know, I really am glad that you, that you brought up that point. And, and, you know, I think for a lot of people who might just be starting out and, and you know, money's a big thing. You know, you're trying to achieve financial independence and financial freedom. One of the easiest ways to do that is to help a lot of people, right? If if you want to make a million dollars, help a million people and get them to pay you one dollar. That is a surefire way to do it. You can you, you can absolutely get that done. You just have to help a million people, right? So so the well, more you help, honestly, the more if, you if get. The, I, I don't I don't want to. I'm sorry for interrupting. But I, I kind of said that that's when I was recruiting, I didn't, I mean, it's appalling what I was paid <laughs> compared to now. I mean, I just did, I would have done it for free for my, my boss when I was a headhunter. Just let me make your website, man, <laughs> you know, pay me whatever. Uh, okay. I'll pay you. I think he was paying me 75 bucks a month for SEO. This is, you know, whatever, 1990 something. And I would do it. I would have done it for free. And I was helping them. And now I have an example. 
So go do that a few times. Go do that a few times and help people and give value to them based on what it is that, that, that you know, what your expertise is. And, and when they're better off for it, they're going to spread the word. And then, and then you have every right to ask them for something formal or something, uh, something more. The other thing that I'd like to add is <clears throat> go take somebody who's smarter than you that you want to be like and go take them to lunch and just pick their brain. And more often than not, you'll get so much information out of that, more than you'll get from most courses, more than you'll get from more, most, uh, most internet anything, uh, how-tos, because you're getting somebody's actual values and beliefs, and it's going to pour out on you. And that was the great thing that I got when I coached. One of the great things that I, I, was, I had access to I had access to college coaches. I, I remember a, a time uh, after uh, a USC game, I was talking to a friend of mine who was one of the coaches, and I said something. I can't remember exactly what it was, but he reacted to it as if I never said it. It, it was so out of his wheel. It was a negative thing. And it was so out of his wheel box, he put he changed me back to a, a more positive thinking uh, trajectory than than I was on at the time. And he didn't tell me it wasn't a lesson; it was his actions. And I've I've seen that and experienced it over and over and over again. And and what is coaching but giving of your time and value? And so I can't really point to like a bunch of deals that I got in business from my coaching, but I'll tell you something I did get. I got lessons from individuals that were great at business. I've had dads that had kids on my team that are brilliant business people that I had access to that in the real world, they wouldn't give me the time of day because they're too busy. But because I'm helping their kid, I was able to talk to them, you know, about different aspects of, of, of business and management or whatever. Uh, I've met great coaches. Uh, uh, and what is a coach but a manager, especially if they're running a giant NCAA college football team? They're just running a different kind of business. And nobody is more organized than a professional coach. <laughs> You, 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 I would put them up against any of the great business people. You, you get a, a professional head coach and it's amazing that, that how anal they are about every single detail. So, uh, just my two cents on, on that. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, Tim, I do want to thank you for all the time that you've spent doing this interview, uh, with me today. Uh, unfortunately, we do have to wrap up, but I do have one more question for you, uh, and then we do have uh, we do have a special surprise for everybody that is listening. Um, but uh, my last question is: Is there anything about yourself that is an important part of who you are that I did not ask you about today? In other words, what did I miss? 
Um, I, you know, I think you, you, uh, you nailed uh, a lot. I, uh, I'm a, I guess I'm, I'm a family man. Uh, and I'm extremely transparent. So if you follow me on Facebook, you probably can get an idea that you know me, but what's funny is, is even though I'm, I'm pretty transparent in some ways, I don't talk too much about my family because I don't think it's anybody's business. And so my point is that you can really build a persona that gives people enough of you, which I think is important in business today, where they know enough about you, but without telling every secret there is like a lot of people do in social media and why a lot of people run away from social media. They don't want to do it because they think, Oh, I got to, you know, tell every detail and secret, you know, all this. No, you really don't. Um, but you just need to be, you know, pick your transparencies and, uh, and how deep it'll go. And usually that's enough. And so, yeah, I'm a, and so the part that, I didn't share is I'm, I'm definitely my family is everything. to me. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, you know, I do think that that speaks a lot, uh, a lot about your character too. Tim, I would like to, again, thank you for jumping on this interview today. Uh, it has been fantastic and, and I'm really glad that you took the time to do this. Thanks a lot, Ben. And, and, uh, you had some very, uh, great questions and, and I appreciate it. Absolutely. So to everybody listening, this has been another Project Egg interview. Today we've been talking with Tim O'Keefe from Hawthorne, California. Take care now.